Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. I'm Steph March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. We are here to entertain you with stories of food and cooking and eating, basically. And frivolity. And frivolity, as it were, on this gorgeous, gorgeous Saturday, which I'm going to just tell you, let's start with the weather report. 40 degree swing today. We left our houses and it was 42 or 3. It's going to get 80. That's pretty great. What? Though. I know. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I, how I feel about an 80, but it's not going to be the, like a, like a burning 80. I think it's going to be a whiskey like a drink. Yeah. A the burning, the burning 80s or a, the name of a rock band. Yeah. Oh, that's the a burning good one. 80s. It actually sounds like a, like, yeah, like a restaurant. Yeah. Burning 80s. I like it. Okay. We've just brandished stuff for you guys and you know, however we can help you make money. Um, so we had cookbook swap. Let's just recap quickly for all of you who showed up last week for cook. Was that just last week? Yes. I mean, it felt like a there, lifetime. Ago. It did. And there are still books like rolling around the backseat of my car that I did procure for myself. Um, but it was a lovely ad- adventure. And oh, we had so thank much you fun. for everybody who came out. It really was one of those great moments where I was like, gosh, I love the dishers. You know, <laughs> yes. like I really fully, fully thought meeting everybody and hanging out and swapping books was wonderful. And the la- one lady brought us like these little cork crowns that were super cute. Oh. I wrote her a thank you note. Oh, you did. I yes. did. And then we had some other friends that brought us some pickles and it's just, you know, you, people always say to us like, you're the best friend that isn't really my friend. Yeah. And I'm like, but we kind of are. Yeah. No, and like, we're, we're up. Let's just level set. We're up for it. Yeah. It's <laughs> we're a here. joy to come into your homes through your ears, wherever you are, or to have you listen to the podcast later. Yeah. We just, it's really fun. And you know, we kind of are your friends. What you see is what you get. We're I, not I think any different. I kind of think that's the us of us, too. You know, and that's why yeah. we, I mean, during the silent auction or not the, during the raffle, the first thing we did was bicker about <laughs> separating out a prize pack. See? And I was like, I hope everyone knows that this is this is real. This is this just is what, what this is. Right. So I don't know. I ran into a woman when I was picking up my CSA last harvest uh, for the Good Acre this weekend. And, you know, your names are on the boxes. And I was pulling. She's like, oh, oh, it's you. And she's like, I listen to you guys. I listen to your podcast. I love it. I'm a fan. And I just thought every time, like anywhere we go, if if you see us, you know, saying the hey is always a good idea. Yeah, absolutely. Because it just connects all of us together. And I think if we can, if you can connect to us and we can connect back to everybody else, it's just great. I was doing, um, I someone was asking me about the cookbook and kind of all how it came about. And I was thinking about the pandemic yeah, and us doing radio during the pandemic and Mm -hmm. just what a different show it was, what a different feeling it was, how, how great, frankly, it was quite frankly, yeah, to come every week and have you to talk to because, you know, during the week we weren't really talking to people. We weren't really seeing people having a touchstone. Yeah, and like sitting across from you and like processing what was happening in the restaurant industry, which obviously impacts your livelihood, less so mine. But then like, how do we deal with helping people through this pandemic and what are we going to cook? And I really think it kind of turned on more of the home cook in me than had and bubbling, I guess. So it's just it was really fun, too, to see people with cookbooks. To see people getting inspired, to see a mother. There was three generation uh, group there. Yeah. A lot of moms and daughters. And like to see a young woman in her 20s grab the silver palette cookbook, the tome of my life from like 1986 to 89. Yeah. 
was really awesome. It was important. Yeah. And it felt like, wow, this is a good book. You need to have this. This I know. was a moment. There were a couple books. I will tell you that there's a couple, there's, there's a couple stories I would tell, but there's even one I wouldn't share necessarily because it was a private story between me and another person. But there were a couple books that found their way into people's hands that I think really needed to be there. And I was, I was very aware of that, and I was extremely proud that 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 we could help facilitate that moment for a few people. Yes, a few people had you know loved ones lost, and they were feeling things, and I, I just thought it was, I just thought it was magical. I do want if you guys have any, um, you know, tips or tricks, or if you guys have any feedback on how it, you know you want it to go differently, maybe next year. For me, I think that we need to set up the tables differently so that we have a better pass through because it got crammed yeah. right away. And so I think we'll take over a more of that space and really just sort of, you know, uh, spread it out a little yep. bit. And I do think that there's a chance that we should let people browse a little bit before. I don't, you know, because I think that it got, they were like, ah, uh, and then it was like down. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, I didn't even get over to that before it got cleared. Right. So I'm thinking more about like, oh, yeah. Processes. I can see that. Yeah, if we just let them browse while we're setting things out and if there's an honor system of you don't touch your take, you get a better idea of what you're looking at. I like that idea. So we, we're all up for flexibility. And it's an evolution, right? It is. We just started this as a fun thing this, to do. Yeah, we actually started this as the favorite. It's transfer of ownership. It's basically get this out of my house so that I can live more freely a life. And then we donated a bunch of those books to the St. Paul College, you know, and like, but I would say that this year, there were less books than before. Yes. Like, I think people took home more books, which is great. And what if, Stephanie, we added, like, a component of, like, cook cookware or dishes or, like, because don't you have stuff in your kitchen that you, like, never use or platters or, like, I don't know. Is there something yeah, maybe, to do there? Maybe. I don't have, I don't have, no, I, I feel like I don't have extra platters that I would give up, but... But like pots and pans, like corkscrews. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We can think about it. And the recipe card <clears> thing. <throat> Some people did bring recipe cards. We weren't super clear about whether we were doing that <laughs> we or not doing didn't. that. So yeah. that was fun too. Yeah. Um, speaking of recipe cards, I a lady brought a whole stack of recipe cards. Yeah. And I took them because I wanted to look through them. Yeah. I did look through them. And I have a few observations for you. Okay. Uh, first of all, a hot brandy sauce. I felt like you needed to have the hot brandy sauce. Oh, I like a hot brandy sauce. Also, uh, the Biltmore French dressing. Oh, really? Is a card that I kept. Uh, salad oil, paprika, salt, ketchup, grated onion, lemon, vinegar, sugar, a button of garlic. Wow. I know. I wow. felt like this could be a dressing Kurt could really get behind. Yeah. Um, then... I shared with you, I want the kind of Christmas bourbon ball recipe that is made with chocolate bits, not cocoa. I lost my recipe. I think it had canned milk in it, too. So I grabbed that for you. Oh, my gosh. It's the whole recipe about the bourbon balls. Wow. Well, I mean, and we all know my bourbon balls are just the old recipe that has been floating around in magazines forever. It was my Nana's. So, of yeah. course, it would be. She wasn't an inventor. She was a clipper. <laughs> okay. And then this one... This is maybe pre-Thanksgiving feast talk, but have you ever heard of how to cook turkey in a sack? Oh. So it's basically you roast a turkey in a brown paper bag. Oh, sure. So you prepare the turkey just like you normally would. You put it into a large, heavy brown paper sack, the kind for groceries. Oh. Be sure there are no holes in the sack and twist the end shut and tie it with the string. 
Do not place the in a roaster, but set the bagged bird on the rack of your broiler pan. Place in a 325-degree oven. At this temperature, the bag will not scorch. Really? Turkey, take note of the exact weight of the bird I stated on the wrapper. Turkey, which is 12 pounds or under, is roasted at 25 minutes per pound. Larger birds at 20 minutes per pound. The hardest instruction for this process is not to peak, poke, or base. <laughs> so you just let it cook in this bag. And when the cooking time is up, you lift the broiler rack and all of the top of the, put that on the top of the range. And some of the juices will have seeped through to the drip pan but an amazing amount will still be in the sack. Carefully um, tear the sack, allow um, the juices to run in the drip pan below, slide the turkey to a heated platter, remove the rack, and make gravy. Okay. And this is all designed so that you remove the barrier of having to lift the turkey from a roaster pan intact without breaking the skin, yada, yada. I don't... Turkey in a sack. I don't know about that. This is interesting, though. That what? Can you tell what year that was? At all? Um, Any markers? No, it's a newspaper clipping, and it's brown. Okay. So, no. No all right. idea. All right. Think we should try turkey in a sack? I mean, if you want to try it. it is. I mean, like, let's be clear, everybody. We are coming up on feast season real fast. Because, I don't know if you've noticed, there's a lot of, of turkey advertising already. Yes. There's a lot of people starting to talk about the feast and advertising it. So and well, I feel like, I mean, next week's the 29th. So that's kind of the end of the, it's Halloween, the end of the Halloween and yeah, everything. We're gonna, we have how many shows before the feast? Three, three, five, 12, 19. Yeah. Okay. So we got to get, we'll get rolling every weekend, every weekend. Stay tuned for that kind of good Turkey in a sack tech, I guess is what we're talking about. Turkey All right. In a sack. Tech. We're going to be right back. You guys, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. We have Gina Holman from Jay Carver calling in about a new, very important, uh, libation. We've got a great show ahead. We've got some fun stuff. We've got Leslie Miller coming in. We've also got a discussion about, uh, just sort of the evolution of food, which is one of those things, you know, I love to talk about. So we will be right back. This is the weekly dish on my talk. One Oh seven one. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. Uh we are being joined by Gina Holman. Are you there, Gina? Gina J. Carver, are you there? Oh Hello. Oh, she's there? Oh sorry, sorry, Lex was like, What? Are you Gina. We, we got you, Gina. Gina. Good morning. How are you today? Gina is Gina Holman is well, I think we just decided that she's like the intergalactic CEO, president, distiller, all things Jake Carver. She's not, but she kind of feels like she is. You know what I'm saying? Don't you think that, G? Good morning. Good morning. We're here. Yes, right? So we have brought you on today because Jake Carver is one of our favorite local distilleries out in Waconia. And you guys are known for really, really, really taking the community of distilling and distilleries and everything else and kind of really like collaborating and not collaborating, but bringing it together and representing it well. And you guys have a very special new product that you are unleashing. And I wanted to talk about it. Well, thank you for that. We are so excited. Uh, yeah. Planning for this drum roll seven year Jake Carver Bourbon. Seven uh, years. I feel like when I was years. touring your place, I must've seen a barrel of that. You did. That's what's so crazy. We were talking about that. All the people that have come through and when you and Steph were out visiting that it, we probably were distilling it that, that season. Cause you guys came out in September. Yep. Uh, so it was probably a year old then, which is so crazy to think. Well, 
And this is so what's interesting, I think, is that people don't really understand when we say a seven year bourbon and it's bourbon, right? Correct. Okay, so a seven year bourbon is 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 a milestone because when you think about local distilling and we had so many startups and you guys were part of that wave of, you know, like local distilleries really beginning to create products and use the, you know, farm ingredients from around you. And but it takes a long time. And that was what everyone kept thinking, like, oh, this Midwest bourbon is crap. And it's like, give us a couple of years, please. Exactly. Right. And I think that there's there's the perception that only the good stuff is coming out of Kentucky and Tennessee. Right. And so we knew that we just we knew that we were investing in state of the art equipment. We knew that we were investing in all of our local farmers, all of our local grains. We're so fortunate to have local cooperages here in Minnesota as well. And and really what we invested in was time. And there's no rushing it. You just have to wait and you have to be patient. And so planning for this seven-year bourbon began years ago when we would really go through and taste the barrels. And so we keep scrupulous tasting notes and really tagged a lot of our favorite barrels and knew that we were going to hold them on site, right? Because if people haven't visited Jay Carver, I invite you to do that. We're open on Saturdays for tours. It's really cool. You get to see our barrel room. And I think that's what's unique about Jay Carver Distillery as well, is that the time that we put in for long-term aging, which really is going to be exciting as we roll out other releases of Jay Carver products that that are in the queue right now to be ready for the next couple of years as we continue to roll out some pretty amazing whiskey, uh, you know, in the next couple of years. Yeah. So let me ask this. Now, a seven-year bourbon, were you thinking it was going to be seven years? I mean, like, did you guys start out thinking, okay, we're going to get this at seven? Or was it maybe going to show up at six? Or was it like maybe it could go to eight? We don't know. Well, and here's what's amazing, and that's a great question, because a lot of people say, you know, people get hung up on age statements, which is great. Right. I mean, I, I, I get it. And people say, well, when when's the barrel at its best? And we really are just true about saying when it tastes good. Yeah. So, yes, we did really plan for this to be a seven-year and, you know, we're holding some back to see what it will be like at eight. What will it be like for a 10-year release? Though I think people really have to understand that when whiskey tastes good is when whiskey tastes good. So yeah. To have something stay in a barrel for 15 years and then taste it and it tastes like sludge in a two-by-four, well, that's not enjoyable. <laughs> I mean, it's great because it's history and we can see what how the barrel expressed itself. A lot of people don't realize that a barrel's an ingredient also, right? Yeah. So yep. when we're talking bourbon for your listeners that may not be bourbon or whiskey aficionados, bourbon means that it has to be majority corn. It yep. has to be at least 1% corn. So Jay Carver, this seven year is, the, and we call it like a mash bill, right? Right. So it's majority corn, then local Minnesota rye as well, and malted barley. And so then when we're talking rye, then it would be majority rye, and then corn being the secondary grain and malted barley. So um, you know, when people try and figure out, am I going to like it at four years? Am I going to like it at five years? Am I going to like it at seven years? You know, it just really depends upon how that 
in that particular barrel is expressing itself too. The one of the things I think about when I listen to you is like inventory, right? So you have yes. all of this money and time and energy wrapped up in these in these releases that you've been aging for all this time. Plus you have to store everything. Correct. And that's why I just I love my business partners. They they definitely um had the long-term vision and the commitment so that the inventory could just really go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> just, we're going to tuck you away. We're going to put you in this great room and we're going to let you sleep for about seven years. I, I, people, if you uh, going to a tap room is a really, di- or a distillery cocktail yeah. room. Sorry. I always call them tap rooms. It, going to a cocktail room at a distiller is a really different experience in a good way than just purchasing the product or being a fan of the product because Gina, nobody talks about your product like you do and the staff that works for you does and getting that experience. If you're a fan of any of the local products that are made, I would encourage you to book a visit to their tap rooms or their cocktail rooms. Well, and the other thing that I think is interesting, and Gina, this is like, this is a thing that I think is exciting that you can do there now is you could foreseeably have a vertical you know, in a couple of years, maybe we can get another the seven year and then it could be the, the 10 year. But you could also taste their whiskeys that they have many of that are wonderful. But you could sort of get like, what is a seven year? The difference between that and like your trifecta, which is, you know, single malt or the single malt or like the rune stones. Yeah. And like you have a lot that you can like see what one distillery can make, which is sort of interesting. Right. And I think what's what's really exciting when people come to visit is they well first of all they're shocked that we made 28 different products yeah. in you know eight you're years. a bit prolific <laughs> yes all grain to glass we make everything on site we don't source anything nope. we don't rebrand any anything so we truly are a grain to glass distillery which is crazy in its own right and then to be able to see this eight years later where where we never deviated once from our business strategy and that's pretty to all of your listeners that um you know run businesses and own businesses and you know steph right all of your minnesota makers all of them that we just know i mean it's just it's it's blood sweat and tears and it's time and it's passion and it's commitment and it's integrity okay and we're all in it for the long haul right we're in it we love it thanks thanks gina us we'll be back all right, it is time for Stephanie Hansen's Dribs and Drabs. I think at one point, Lexi, we had a sounder for it, but we don't need to play it. Just can I can since Gina got cut off, can I quickly just do tell one thing? Since we like ran yes, out of time please, with Gina, please. I just want to make sure that people know that the seven year bourbon is available in stores and you can go and buy a bottle of it because we were kind of talking about going to the tasting yes. room. I didn't I want, know that. So that's yeah. great to know. So I want to make sure that they, um, you know, that they're in stores, but you should look at their socials at the Jay Carver socials um, because they've got all the stores listed there. Okay. So, I love it. Cause I know I, I made it sound like I was thinking like, Oh, we've just told people that it's there, but yes. it's, it's everywhere. So go ahead. All right. So drip and drab it up. dribs and drabs. If you remember is the segment where I don't really have enough of any <laughs> one topic to make a whole segment. <laughs> So I just sort of go through the dribs and drabs. Dribs and drabs. Okay. And this, uh, I'm going to start with Halloween. Okay. So we've got some cool, unique, new Halloween candy-ish. What do we got? Uh, Have you seen any of these? The Halloween Props Milk Chocolate Bars by Hershey's? Uh, Props? Yeah. Oh. So each 
bag contains six collectible props <laughs> oh. molded into the bars that kids can play with. Wait, so, so you have to like mustaches, cat eyes, sunglasses, mouth fangs. They're in the bars, it's or are like they just a, pictured on the bar? Pictured on the bars. So you're gonna eat that, yeah, and you're gonna like play with it and be like, "Hey, I got this mustache." Um, okay. okay, so there's that. Glad you really <laughs> loved it. Uh, M and M's is doing a lot this year, Stephanie. Are they really? Mad scientist M and M's. Oh, this is so, my. This is totally my jam because this is, I'm the girl who mixes the bowls. Okay, and it's a medley of milk chocolate, peanut butter, and peanut flavors, so you get a variety of textures in every bite. Okay, I'm for all that. I mix my M and M balls to the you know consternation of other people who te- have you ever had that and people get mad at you for that? No, but why do people get? Because they're mad like, about do you have? That? They look at you and they're like, wait, are there peanut M and M's mixed in with here? I'm like, yeah, and some peanut butters, and they're like, well, wait, I anyway. Okay, how about, have you seen the Twix with the ghoulish green center? No, but I'm here for that. Yeah, it's a layered cookie bar topped with the caramel and the milk chocolate. <gasps> and the green part is the uh, cookie. The cookie. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cute. Yes. Fun size. Fun size. Yeah. Okay, there's also things called stuffed puffs. These are um, for charcuterie boards primarily. What? Halloween goodie party bags. They're green marshmallows that are oozing with chocolatey filling and encrusted in a bug-like orange and black sprinkle. <sighs> okay. Okay, which leads me to the ghoulish green Snickers. Oh. This is where the nougat is green. So I guess companies have decided the green thing is the thing. It's the way to go. Yeah. Now, I happened to be listening to Colleen and Bradley this week while they, it was Colleen and, or Holly and, and Bradley dissecting their complete disgust of the Snicker bar. Oh, why? Like, they had such strong feels about of the hate? Snickers. Yes. Snickers is a, and, a like, national all these treasure. People were calling in and saying how much they hated the Snicker. Why? And they like were lauding the Three Musketeers bar, which is nothing but nougat. I mean, yeah. It's kind of a little bit of a, I'm sorry, but a, a basic uh, B, if you will. Yes. Because when you compare that to like a Milky Way. Uh, and we cannot disparage the Milky Way, which is, of course, the state candy bar of Minnesota. And the high holiday or high holy of all caramel candy. It is the high It is the high holy of all caramel candies. And yeah, they just went on and on about But the Snickers to me is like the, the same thing as a Milky Way. It just gives you a little protein with yeah. the with And the they nuts. just did not, they did not want the nutty, the nutty caramely center. They How about, just wanted the nougat. Oh, that's, that's again, again. You're not you, like if you're not complex enough to handle a little bit of you know stuff with your. You can't stuff, be on the weekly dish. You can't be on the weekly dish. Um, quickly, do you have a candy bar that you don't like? Like a little fun size thing that you would be like traded away right away? Yeah, um, I don't really love the baby Ruths. Yeah, me too. Why is it? Just I was just little, thinking about that. I don't know because I like all the components. It feels like the baby Ruths are the not too far off of Snickers, which I, I like. Yeah, but I'm just like, ugh. I really also. I'm very particular about my Reese's peanut butter cups because, and this is a tip. If you buy the holiday seasonal Reese's peanut butter cups, you generally get a higher quality cup because it's fresher. When you bite into a Reese's peanut butter cup and it is like a dusty wasteland that's been in the bottom of somebody's dresser for 10 years and then you get it. There's nothing grosser. Can I be honest, though, that I have had more of that issue with the holiday ones than with the regular ones? Really? Yes. And this is why I think people are, I think that stores are saving them. 
or something. It's potential. Yeah. You know I what I mean? Because I'm telling you that I have I have had a problem with the pumpkins more than I've ever had with just pulling a, a little like two pack off the shelf. Right. And it has been more and like the Christmas tree ones are almost always dusty. Okay, I do not want a dusty I know. bean butter cup. Cannot that is such them. a bummer. Such a bummer. And I don't go in for candy often, so right. when I do, like, if it's not good, just kill me. Like, um, why gonna, am I doing this? Yeah, I'm going to tell you that there's, like, no place for Almond Joy in my house. No place. Oh. No place. I like a good Almond Okay, joy. this is good. I'll bring you mine. Yeah, I, I, I feel no like that it. coconutty dark robe of dark chocolate and the one nut. Yeah, the coconut is what me. throws me. And I like coconut but like there it's it's got a chemical it's taste. flaky chemically and it's like it just it goes wrong it just goes wrong but i feel that way kind of about a mounds well i think they're the same do, thing but like you need Any, that almond either one of those is, is wrong for me how about the this is new peeps have skulls where they're like Dio in the Dio same Muertos. list yeah they're kind of cute Oh, um, oh my God, those are super cute. Yeah, I think they're cute too. If you're going to do peeps, why wouldn't you? I am going to do De Los Motos this year. Okay. I'm doing stuff. Are you? What are you going to do? I'm just building. An offerenda? Yeah, I'm just building it to Ronin. So. Okay. Oh, that's nice, yeah. Stephanie. That is really nice. Yep. Um, okay, I'm going to move on from Halloween candy and take you to the Christmas advent calendars. I don't want to talk about Christmas. Well, you kind of <laughs> have to, though, in this regard, because okay. Food 52 has really cool advent calendars. Yeah, and, and they, they do sell do out. Sell out. You got to so do I'm them. Give you some ideas. Okay, we will peep our worlds. We will, like, we'll just sneak peek. into. Peek. We'll sneak into that little Christmas area for just a hot second. Our new listener, Stephanie, has rules. You and we to, are not and allowed you, to yeah, talk about can, Christmas before we've had the feast. We can't talk about it until Thanksgiving. Okay, so but today's some, a, today's you get a pass. Here's some advent calendars. Okay, uh, there's a Danish licorice advent calendar, which I'm all for it. It's yeah. black. It's got beautiful licorices inside. It looks delicious. Okay, how about the um, ha- McRae's caramels handcrafted caramel advent calendar, where you get a different caramel every day? Oh, I like that one. Yeah, it's that's I it's like awesome. that one. Oh, I want you to get me this tea one. I yeah, I was gonna say there's a tea advent calendar where each day. You get a package of a different type of tea. I think that's super fun. I because I I am in tea season. I'm in fully in tea season right now. Like I'm drinking tea every single day. Okay, because I have a lot of tea, so I may yeah. bring you some. Okay. Uh, the French macaron lauderie mm-hmm. has an advent calendar. It's 110 bucks, but each day you get a new yeah. French macaron. See, here's the thing. Some of these I'm for. Some of these I'm like, like the tea one is nice. It's 36 bucks. You know, it's yep. kind of a nice little thing, but. I don't know about about the hot chocolate advent calendar where each day you get hot chocolate for two. I mean, how many hot chocolate varieties can there be? I don't know. Also, I can't. Hot chocolate every day is not my gig. That's okay. Uh, There's chocolate advent calendars. There's Italian candy advent calendars. The wine gums, Wally and Wiz. Yeah, I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, tell me about them. No, I just was saying that they have, I mean, that's like a thing, these Danish wine gums. So they're like gummies. But yeah, like not but the gummies that like we're wine. all used to. <laughs> um, there, here's a coffee advent calendar. I like that. Where each day they have like a different type of flavored single source coffee. It's clever. I like it. Yeah. Um. Let's see. We remember the whiskey one that I got from Molly years yes. ago. You can't still can't order those anymore. Yeah, because I, I think they the, changed the way that you can get ship things shipped. Yeah. So. How about the vegan chocolate advent calendar? Now, for 65 bucks, if you have a vegan in your life, that might be something kind of fun. Sure. 
They also have a eight night to Hanukkah candy collection. That's thirty bucks, and that's just for the eight days. That's kind of fun. Yeah. So yeah, okay. I like Advent calendars. I think they're fun, and Food Fifty Two always has a good collection of them. Yeah. All right. Here's a product that I also feel like I could get my mind around. It is um, the oh, because oh, no. I just said I wasn't eighteen. I have to click into it again. It is the eggnog sippin' eggnog cream. It's the Eggo. It's correct. Kellogg's Eggo Nog Sippin' Cream. It is <laughs> eggnog Eggo waffle. Eggo waffle eggnog. Eggnog. Yeah, it's a but it's a liqueur. Yeah. But it sounds good. Does it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to make cocktails Does with it? it? It is produced by a company called Sugarlands, and I was like, okay, a peppermint white Russian with the Eggo eggnog, half and half, peppermint moonshine, chocolate syrup, and vodka. That could be good. Could be good. Um, I was like, where can you find this? You can only find this in Wisconsin, which also makes it funnier to me. That is absolutely it is true. No state is not in Minnesota, but, but it is all it like, over Wisconsin. They call it Appalachian sipping cream. Why is it being made in Wisconsin? It's not made in oh. Wisconsin. It's available in Wisconsin. Okay. Not available in Minnesota because there's a lot of Appalachians in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> they're pretending they're in Appalachia. Is that where, but that's not even where Kellogg's is based. This is so bizarre. And moonshine. I mean. It is a Southern thing. I know. Um, yeah. Okay. Would it's, you drink it? Uh, no. I feel like this is going to have. Eggnog? Come on. No, I mean, I'm all about eggnog. I'm all about boozy eggnog. I'm all about sipping cream. I'm all about sipping cream from Appalachia. I don't know what the ego brings to this. What does the ego bring to this? Um, eggy, cinnamony toaster smell. See, this is the thing. Like, <laughs> egos taste like cardboard. So I don't know why. Egos are all to me. Like, it's a, it's a, I don't like them. But if I smell one, it's like you a nostalgic it. childhood <sighs> See, smell of. Weird Saturday morning. Yeah, I never had. I did. I did. Like when I had all the kids in the house when we were a six pack in one house, then I was I remember being like, I should try Eggos like other people grew up with Eggos. Maybe my kid should grow up with Eggos. And I didn't. It didn't stick. I I liked Krusty's actually better than I liked Eggos. Yeah. Those little ones. Kurt eats a Krusty's pancake every day. Um, six five one six four one one zero seven one is our phone number because it is the S seventy portion coming right up. And remember that liqueur we had at Julia's cabin that one time, and it's also made I in didn't Wisconsin. Go to Julia's cabin. It's remember? like, oh, they're sipping cow things. Oh, she talked about that for a long time. Oh, though. they you were guys so all good, did. and yeah. we drank so much of it until like I just my stomach was curdling, but it was so good. I'm gonna find that. Okay. We'll when be we right back. back. Ask Stephanie Portion of the show, 651-641-1071. Please call us with your questions and we'll answer them live on air next. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish here on My Talk 1071. We are brought to you by Knob Creek. Uh, if you guys want to give us a call, 651-641-1071 is the number to give us a call. If you want to send us a note on the Facebooks or the Twitters or anything like that, um, Go for it. So I found the name of the you did. drinks. The Tippy Cow is what it is. Okay. And they have the orange cream, the chocolate shake, the vanilla soft serve, and the shamrock mint rum-based liqueur drinks. Okay. Also, Jim Beam cream is pretty good. If you, Here, I was going to say. Because I did some recipe development with that last year. And if you see the Jim Beam cream, pick it up because it's pretty good. I have not. I mean, okay, let's talk about this this weird thing about this creamy 
boozy drink situation. <laughs> it's Irish cream, which we make every yep. holidays. You and I both love to make our own versions. And if we think about it, why is it just for holidays? Like, why do we, you know what I mean? Like, we make Irish cream, which is just a whiskey cream, and Jim Beam is obviously yep. a whiskey cream as well. Why don't we have, like, would it be weird to have a boozy pumpkin cream for this season? No, I'm all about it. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. I did make a recipe that was a pumpkin um, pour over, and it was cream and pumpkin and cinnamon, and you poured it over a uh, cold espresso. And that would be real good with a little hooch added. Well, and then there's like this, there's like horchata, which is, of course, you yeah, know, rum. The, the rum chata. <laughs> rum Not chata. Horchata. Rum chata. Which is like horchata. But rummy. Yeah, the difference is, is like there's a lot of rum because it is, rum is pretty sweet, but I'm not a rum fan, so I'd want to put whiskey and everything. And there, you, you know could make funny? like a cinnamony cream, and that could be your fall. Yes. Six five one six four one one zero seven one maple cream too. That's true. There is that. You well, there's that put, one from Chancaska Creek. Yeah, remember that one? Yes, I don't, but I know that there's. It's pretty easy it to make maple cream, and then you add liquor to it, because you know it is a Saturday morning at ten o'clock, and we're talking about liquor again. Again, <laughs> this whole show is kind of about liquor, I guess. I don't there's know. this called North Forest Creme. I am over twenty one, and it's um, it's uh. North Forest, Forest Cram. It's made locally. It's the official drink of huh. Sparabada. And uh, especially hideous weather. They have like espresso liqueur. They have pumpkin liqueur. Okay. They have a, it started with a walnut liqueur. I remember them. I remember having that. But then they oh, have. Look at all of these. I know. Yeah. Peppermint. They have a huckleberry vanilla liqueur. Yum. That's like a. So are they based in wine? No, they're they're a distillery down there too. Okay. Yeah. All right. This is really fun. Yeah, I didn't even know they had Maybe a pumpkin liqueur. Maybe we need liqueur. to have them come on. Maybe we should. Pumpkin liqueur, walnut liqueur, like what? That sounds delicious. Yeah, they have it at Ombibulous. If you're looking for it up here. Okay. So um, that's the North Forest Crema. Yeah. We'll put a link to that on our show page. They have it at too. Certix too. It looks like fun. They're all over the place. Anyway, that might be your. I mean, that would be if you're making like a pumpkin spice latte. If you, you wanted to, like, if you were talking about. You know, road drinks during trick-or-treating. Mine was always... <laughs> I was like, road drinks? What is she yeah, saying? During trick-or-treating. You called them your walktails. Yeah, walktails. During the pandemic. But I called Remember them that? road drinks. Yeah. Oh, and it gosh. was like, but during trick-or-treating especially, that was always the thing where like I dressed up as the in the gorilla suit and just went with my... You know, my thermos full of stuff. Yes. And all the parents would always, we'd always like load up. Um, and it was always a cider. It was always like, a, you know, something like with a whiskey boost to it. But that might be like a little coffee with some pumpkin. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. if you want to share your your, your singular <laughs> hoochie creamy arrangement. Yikes. Now, next week is the 29th staff, and uh-huh. that is the day of the neighborhood Halloween party at my house. Oh, I right. hope you're coming. Yep. I hope you bring Smyre, too. Oh, I don't know what she's doing. Yeah, I, mean, I think we didn't I talk. sent her. I sent you did. her the invite. I yep. think you did. What are you going to dress up as? Well, it's a good question. Okay. Uh, I'm real busy. So, <laughs> um, I don't know if any of these listeners know that. I just like can I'm like on a day to day look at my calendar. What do I have to do today basis? Have you thought at all? No, but I think I could be like a mummy or something. Like maybe white sweatpants, white sweatshirt, and wrap myself up in a bunch of gauze. Oh, that you could do that. Yeah, I think, it, and then make like zombie face. Yeah, 
I think I might do that. Okay. Well, I had thoughts of being the death of democracy, but that seems like a little bit of a... Oh, it's great. A de- that seems like an overkill. It's dark, but it's Well, I great. know. It's sort of dark and a little bit like wah-wah. But, well, you're you know, in Golden Valley. I mean, these are your people. I know. Or, I was going to wear... I was just going to be like zombie. Everyone's you know, like welcome death in face. Golden Valley. Well, but I want to do something else. I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to be my absolute Halloween hero. Since I'm going to pay tribute to JLC and be Laurie Strode. I you don't get feel it? like we're speaking foreign languages. Jamie Lee Curtis. <gasps> okay. And I'm going to be... I'm going to be Laurie Strode, who is, of course, the heroine of Halloween. Yeah, that you could pull that off. I know, because she, in her older years, we have the same hair. kind and of, And the bigger hair. Yeah, yep. and then I'll just get a couple of wire glasses. I'm going to get a big old knife, and, and maybe, and maybe like, they'll have the mask. I was going to say, you need the mask to make the connection. Yeah, That's yeah. good, though. I know. Doesn't impede your drinking. No, it doesn't. It's really comfortable. <laughs> it's not going to like start on fire if you walk by a pumpkin. Right, you never know. Which was, it, was that last year? No. Last year, at Cookbook Swap, we were in... I had a costume. I was. I had to go look it up. Do you remember what it was? I was a very. It was like a pun, and nobody got it, and yeah. it was amazing to Your me. Your costume costumes are always really thoughtful, like and too smart for me. Too smart. It was a black eyed pea. Oh, that's remember right. I had like a black shirt on, and I had a pea on yes. it, and then I made my eyes like look like I'd yes. been punched. It was a black eyed pea. Nobody got it. Um, and then uh, I was. Um, and then for the Halloween costume contest, I was Max Fisher from Rushmore, which is a great Wes that, Anderson you movie. You looked great. That you was a cute one. looked real cute. And that one is, and by the way, I am judging that contest again. out at. So I'm going to come to your party and hang out, and then I'm going to scoot up to Brother Justice and judge that Halloween contest. There were some amazing ones last year. Gosh, remember the guy that came to Cookbook Swap last year in the It costume? That freaked us out. He, Pennywise, he looked exactly like Pennywise. It was just creeper. Yes. I don't know what, um, I mean, there's a lot of good food. Are there good food related costumes? You could be like Julia Child. I did that. You did that. I did that for Goodwill. Like they had me do these videos and they dressed me up in different costumes. Yeah. Uh, Julia Child is a great Goodwill costume because you can get a fake set of pearls. Yeah. You can get an apron. You can get like a blue press shirt. You know, you could be Ina Garten for that matter. Yeah. Right. You'd have to like wear the wig and the pearls and, but that'd be fun. Yeah. There's always cheese. I was cheese one year, remember? I yeah, you wore were a cheese. cheese shirt. You were cheese. I, I cut an orange shirt, cut holes, and came as cheese. Yeah. I think like there's like uh there's a lot of people who um wanna be characters from, you know. I think there's a few people who are gonna go as Liz Truss, the ousted uh forty four ministers. I mean That is just crazy. I know. I there was someone online who said, oh, there goes my costume. I'm like, no, no, just put her in athleisure, have her like be eating out of an ice cream, like a breakup ice cream, you know, pint, and then have her like listening to Taylor Swift. I'm a like, it's perfect. ice cream pint. That's it, the breakup ice cream pint. That sounds like someone who knows that intimately. Uh, hello. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is a weekly dish. Stay tuned for hour two, kids. We'll be right back.